Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Thank you so much for being here. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. Scott Robbins, a well-deserved day off today. He'll be back tomorrow. Okay. Uh, no, I don't think he is helping with negotiations, Russia, Ukraine. No. He's actually trying to help Joe Biden with communications <laughs> so he can speak clearly. Mm-hmm. And so people understand what he's trying to say because what did he say yesterday? I never said the things I said. Right. Well, President Biden keeps saying things that are making people nervous, like calling for regime change in Russia, saying we might use chemical weapons against Russia and telling U.S. troops that they are going to see Ukraine. They're going into Ukraine. You're going to see it for yourself. Wow. Uh, so Peter Ducey from Fox News asked the president yesterday during this press conference that he had about all those things and how quickly the White House has had to w- walk so much of it back. Yeah. But what can you walk back? It made it sound like, just in the last couple days, uh, it sounded like you told U.S. troops they were going to Ukraine. It sounded like you said it was possible the U.S. would use a chemical weapon, and it sounded like you were calling for regime change in Russia. And we know... None of the three occurred. Well, hold on a second. Sounded like... He said it! He did say it. (laughs) None of the three. None of the three. Mr. President. You, you, you interpret the language that way. I was talking to the what? troops. We we're talking about helping train the troops in that are the, the Ukrainian troops that are in Poland. That's with the context. I sat there with those guys for a couple hours. That's yeah. what we talked about. So, okay. Are we supposed to call BS? We go. I'll just, oh, just let him roll. So when you said you're going to see when you're there, you were not intending. I was to referring to with meeting with and talking with the uh, Ukrainian troops who are in Poland. And when you said a chemical weapon used by Russia would trigger a response in kind, it will trigger a significant response. What does that mean? I'm not going to tell you. Why would I tell you? You got to be silly. <laughs> you got to be silly. I agree with that. I mean, you don't want to totally say what the plan may or may not be. But, you know, it's funny how many people are coming out of the woodwork to defend Joe Biden in this moment when they spent four years crying about every tweet that Donald Trump would send. And the difference is, is when Donald Trump would say something, and a lot of times he would say something that at first blush was like, whoa, dude, all right, you're you're going off the rails a little bit. Oh, geez. But he would stand by it. That's the difference. Like, he said what he meant, and he meant what he said. Yes. In this the case. The first thing I think of when you bring that up is the whole fire and fury with Kim Jong-un. Yeah. Like, no, yeah. You don't want to mess with us. Right. I've got a bigger button. <laughs> That's what he said. I, I remember. Mine's yeah. bigger. <laughs> My button's bigger, and it works. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. But, but here's a. Quick little montage, and I don't know if this is sort of like an updated version of the Madman Theory, you know, where you kind of have the wild card factor with a leader. You don't really know what they're going to do, and now it's just sort of the senile man factor that you don't remember or you don't know what he actually remembers saying. But as a refresher, this is a quick little montage of what Joe has said over the last few days. You'll hear him telling troops they'll be seeing Ukraine soon, that he might use chemical weapons and topple Putin. 
Yes. And you're going to see when you're there, and some of you have been there, you're going to see, you're going to see women, young people standing, standing in the middle of front of a damn tank. If chemical... Time out. In front of a damn tank. Are you talking about Poland still? He was talking about Ukraine. Of course he was. <laughs> so how can he say, no, I was talking about Poland. Come on, man. Dude. That's what you said. If chemical weapons were used in Ukraine, would that trigger a military spo- response from NATO? It would, re- it would trigger a response in kind. For God's sake, this man cannot remain power. Got it. So what he was really trying to say, and he wasn't going to back off of that now, is that Well, it was his own internal feelings of outrage. Did you see he got caught with the notes? Yeah. With the cheater card? Because his staff knows he can't keep it straight. Here's a card. You're going to get asked this question. Just read off this list. It's embarrassing, man. But we're still in that situation that what are we going to do about it? I mean, people start talking about the 25th Amendment. Yeah. Like, this guy cannot continue to do that. But I would say all of a sudden. Not today. <laughs> yeah, let's just let's think that through because that's next in line right there. I think that would be better still. I really do. I think the 25th Amendment stuff without a serious medical diagnosis that something is wrong with Joe Biden, that's a fantasy. That's not what the 25th Amendment was designed to do. It's not meant for a coup. <laughs> but uh, at the same time, I. Honestly, if he were to resign, I think we'd be better off. Not because Kamala is this wonderful leader. I think she's completely incompetent. But because I truly do believe they would be so paralyzed by being so far out of their depth that it would basically be, all right, let's just try to keep the lights on for the next couple of years. So what you're saying is, okay, we've got to have the proof. So you got to have Biden take some sort of test. Right. That sort of thing. Why the hell would I take a test? Well, <laughs> because you keep saying stuff and then you won't walk it back, but you said you never said it. It's crazy. <laughs> we just can't keep going like this. All right. Meanwhile, let's try to figure this one out. There are still over 11 million job openings in the United States. Yeah. Wall Street Journal reported this morning an estimated 11.2 million job openings still remain on the market. And far fewer people are searching for work. We're getting the uh, government numbers a little bit later, but this is from an estimated jobs report put together by Indeed.com. And now the expectation is that more people are going to be going back to work later on this year uh, because the COVID benefits, if they've stashed away any money, if people are still getting some form of the, the federal unemployment is is over, but... You know, if they're getting some form of assistance from the government, that's all going to run out this year unless Democrats do something catastrophically stupid like re-up it. Um, But we don't seem to know the numbers of how many people are still getting the COVID benefits with all these job openings. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, and it it is also kind of hard to pin down that accurate number because so many of these benefits have been managed at the state level. The, the federal government sort of said, hey, here's a bunch of cash. You you dole it out. And that's why we've also seen a whole lot of fraud oh, yeah. in, in all of these programs that have been uh, distributed or founded and distributed throughout the country. But hopefully more people are going to be willing to go back to work later on this year because these benefits are drying up 
the money is over. Maybe if you stash some cash away, uh, that money is going to dry up. I mean, it's a big question mark about what's going on in our country right now on the employment front. Well, and it's been tough for so many different businesses, especially small businesses. They can't find people to work. And, I mean, I don't know how many restaurant owners I've talked to where they have to close early because you only have the same people working over and over. They can't work, you know, 16 hours a day. You can't find any other help. I mean, that's nuts. And to know, and we really don't know the numbers. How many people are still getting the benefits? Just crazy. Um, Well, it looks like Will Smith has apologized to Chris Rock. That happened last night, of course, after, you know, the big slap. Oh, wow. I'm still impressed that Chris Rock kind of almost stuck his chin out before Will Smith smacked him and said, oh, wow, basically as he was getting smacked. That's big time, man. Oh, yeah. Well, he went legend there. He really did. Made Will Smith look like a complete fool. Not only that, but there was something I noticed last night. My son hadn't seen it. And so he puts it up on YouTube, and I watch it. I noticed something that I did not see, like the first, I don't know, 21 times that we watched it, because it kept running on the news monitor over right. and over and over, right? Wow! <laughs> Will Smith just smacked the shit out of me. Nick Wright's name out to okay. That was the part. Do you notice Chris Rock starts to talk like he's now going to move on with the show. He's now looking at the teleprompter, yeah. right, and going to... Move on when Will Smith interrupts. Nick Wright's name out your mouth. Wow, dude. And right there, I realized Chris Rock, I think, really didn't know, was that like some sort of joke where he hit me too hard? I think he was still confused at that point. Right. And he's going to move on with it. And it's when Will Smith then says, keep my wife's name out of your... That Chris Rock seems surprised. Like, really? You're really mad? It Doesn't it seem like he was still confused? Because yeah. that's the moment it dawns on him. You're really mad. Wow, dude. Yeah. It was a G.I. Jane joke. Keep my wife's name out of mouth. And that, of course, is when Will Smith over projects. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm a tough guy now. That sort of thing. And, of course, he looks like a fool. Well, he has apologized. Ah, uh, yes. But, you know, as he said, I would like to publicly apologize to Chris. Um, I was out of line and I was wrong. The line before that, where jokes at my expense are part of the job, but a joke about Jada's medical condition was too much for me to bear. And I reacted emotionally. I'm just asking the question. Is that an apology, not an apology? It is. And also, I'm sorry, but... You, you let other men hook up with your wife and have no problem with it, but making fun of the fact that she's bald, that's that's over the line? Come on, man. I, Apparently. I don't believe that he's sorry for a second, though. I mean, did you see the video from the after party? He was having a good time. He was, yeah, he's singing along to getting jiggy with it. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that guy doesn't have any regret. No, I think it might be... A- one of those things where the night that something happens and you keep on rolling, and then when you see the reaction to it later of something you said or did, and then you're like, oh, upon further review, I, I better walk this one back. Yeah. When you so, sober up a little bit. It Maybe. So he has the whole apology. And I, the one thing I don't think anyone's mentioned, if they have, I just hadn't heard it. 
but it dawned on me yesterday, and I mentioned this to you, David Scott, when he was in here. Will Smith could have owned that moment. All he had to do was keep seated after the joke. And if he would have said loudly, hey, Chris, that's over the line, man. She can't help that she has alopecia and is losing her hair. It's not cool, man. If he does that, everybody thinks, hey, man, he's standing up for his wife. Yeah. Apparently, Chris Rock didn't know Jada Pinkett Smith has alopecia, which causes your hair to fall out. He would have felt like a complete jag. It would have made Chris Rock look bad to most people if he would have just done that. But because of all the other stuff swirling around Will Smith, and what I did not know, and I forgot where I read this, it's in his book, in the Will Smith book, most of his life he has felt like a coward because his dad abused his mom and he never stood in the way. So you got issues going on yeah. for a long time, and then it's, you know, you react overboard. That's part of it. It's, <laughs> if nothing else, man, when people say it's the most fascinating uh, part of an Oscar show ever or seen, it, I think it's true. Can you think of anything no. else? It's also that, the funniest. In a way, it's funny, it's uncomfortable, it's sort of fascinating, it takes our eye off the real world for a little while, but it says something. Pretty nuts, man. Okay, so there's the parental rights bill in Florida. What does Oregon and other states say about that? you got to hear this straight ahead. Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. Scott Robbins off today. He'll be back tomorrow. He's fine, by the way. Okay, so the Florida parental rights bill. Yeah. Caused outrage with people on the left. Yeah, because the Democrat disinformation campaign is in full swing now that Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has signed the anti-grooming pro-parent education bill, which bans teachers from talking to little kids about their sexuality and their genitals. Correct. But and again, it's almost like you need to share that part of the story with anyone that only gets their news from legacy media. Yeah, you're hearing this weeping and wailing about how, well, you you know, parents aren't going to be able to say, uh, or I'm sorry, teachers aren't going to be able to say that if they're a man and they're gay, they're not going to be able to say I'm married to a man. Uh, well, one, I, I don't know how you actually interpret it that way, but also maybe teach them how to read. Yeah. That that might be the bigger issue if you're a teacher. That's usually why the parents send the kids to school. Yeah. Uh, well, anyway, the Democrats have hopped on the bandwagon of claiming it outlaws saying gay. No, it doesn't. It, it doesn't, but you wouldn't guess that. I saw a really funny, real quick video on uh, on Twitter. It's a... It's actually of the video of a Russian tank rolling through part of Ukraine, and somebody fires a weapon at it, and there's a big explosion. It's like, oh, my gosh, one day after the bill was signed, and this is what the street of Miami looked like. Because <laughs> you would think it, right? By the, by the yes. way, that this apocalyptic rhetoric that's going out, you would think that these that they have literally outlawed even being gay 
in Florida, which hasn't happened. No, it is not. Anyway, here is Oregon Governor Kate Brown answering oh. a question no one asked. Okay. In Oregon, we say gay. Oregonians are welcoming of our LGBTQIA community members. We want to make sure that Oregon is a safe, inclusive, and welcoming place for all. Well, unless so you how's, it different? Trump, but... how's it different from Florida, then? They're not unwelcoming. They're just saying don't teach kindergartners about transgender nonsense. That's it. And through third grade. You know, Ron DeSantis in Florida, I thought, handled this really well, along with his spokesperson. He just went out and said, listen, people are lying about what's in this bill because they are afraid to openly advocate for transgenderism in kindergarten. Yeah. Democrats are smart enough to know that that's not going to go well with parents. Right. Why? So they lie about it. And his press secretary said, as Governor DeSantis said today, many high-profile critics of HB 1557 have read the legislation, but they intentionally mislead people about what it says. President Biden knows full well that Governor DeSantis signed today that law will protect parents' rights and ensure young children in grades K through third grade are not exposed to inappropriate sexual content or gender ideology in the classroom. Biden and other Democrat politicians understand that most sane people, including their own voters, support these common sense protections. Yes, they do. We know it from the polling. Come on, man. No, it's true, and you know it, Joe. (laughs) Democrats do not want to openly advocate for transgenderism in kindergarten, so they have to fabricate a false narrative about the law instead. Why doesn't Biden just say what he believes? That it's good to instruct young children about changing their gender while hiding it from parents. Go ahead, Joe. Put it to people like that. Yeah, when you actually ask people, and you you reference the polling, there was a Democratic primary poll that came out, was that this week or last week, where a majority of Democrats supported it when you just told them the basic language of the bill. Yes, they did. No one said that. Who said that? Uh, Your voters said that. You're lying to them on purpose. Anyone that's paying attention knows that. Okay. So there's a new poll out because people are saying, you know, Trump, if he runs, he's going to get beat. Is he? This is very interesting. That much more coming up. Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer, the Millennial, David Van Camp. And then the sexy boomer, he needed a nap today. That's Scott Robbins. Tired. Just kidding. Being sexy is tiring. Oh, man. No, he had some stuff to take care of. His health is fine. He'll be back tomorrow. I would say a well-deserved day off. No doubt about it. Okay, there's a Harvard poll out there, David. This is interesting. Yeah, former President Donald Trump is leading President Biden in a hypothetical 2024 matchup. This is according to a new Harvard-Harris poll that was released to the Hill uh, this week. Now, if the 2024 presidential election were held right now, the poll finds Trump getting 47% support compared to 41% 
for Biden. Well, uh, I like it. Yeah, the rest are undecided right now. How can you be undecided when it comes to Joe Biden? This is a train wreck. My guess is it's the Trump factor, right? I don't like that how, would be my guess. I don't like how things are going right now, but I don't know if I want the day in and day out drama of Donald Trump. Now, the Harvard Caps Harris poll also found that right now the current vice president, uh, Kamala Harris, in a hypothetical matchup with Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida, mm-hmm. is only leading by two points. You think about how significant that is that the sitting vice president is barely edging out, actually within the margin of error, a governor who is not all that well-known, relatively speaking, doesn't have the national profile that the current vice president would have. You know what? I'm still surprised by it. You are a little bit. I think you follow that closer. You know more about it, to be honest. It's just to me. We know that Americans dislike Kamala Harris more than Joe Biden. Yeah. And her approval ratings are south of Joe's. And it must just be part of that is the unknown factor with DeSantis, I guess. Oh, yeah, I, I think that's it. I think people, especially those who, who pay attention to conservative media, uh, certainly know who Ron DeSantis is. Yes. Uh, and a whole lot of people have no idea who he is. Maybe they've heard the name. Maybe they've heard. I mean, this is one of the reasons why you've got... So many network news outlets and national news outlets, newspapers, websites, etc., going all in on Governor DeSantis right now because they want to give him this like aura of evil almost right. and plant that seed that if you've heard the name, you associate it casually as being something bad. Absolutely. I mean, think about this whole parental rights bill that he just signed into law. Yeah. I mean... Whether it's NBC, ABC, you know, all of legacy media, they've lied about the law. They've flat out lied to people. And again, I think that's why we honestly say enemy of the people when you're talking legacy media, because they're not telling people the truth. If they told them the truth, they would know that it's not a, quote, don't say gay bill. You have these idiots at the Oscars. I mean, everyone just sort of follows along and on social media, and it's a lie, and it has a lot of people fooled. Mm -hmm. That's all part of the plan. Oh, did you see this story? Let's talk about uh, equity and uh, diversity. The NFL requiring all 32 teams to hire a diverse person to serve as an offensive assistant in 2022. Okay. (laughs) What does a diverse person mean? Okay, I'll go through this so that we can understand exactly what this means. This is from the NFL. This is the 2022 Offensive Assistant Resolution. Okay. Now, as they mentioned at the start, clubs have taken numerous steps to promote diversity and equal employment opportunity for many years, and these policies and programs have successfully advanced diversity and equal employment opportunity. So the membership wishes to take additional steps in support of these goals including by promoting opportunities for diverse candidates to serve as offensive coaches. So beginning this season, each club will hire a diverse person. What is that? Well, a female or a member of an ethnic or racial minority. Okay. Quick question before we move on. Yeah. Asian American? Would that qualify, David? I think so. Okay, because that, like just mentioned, Harvard. 
that doesn't so much apply at Harvard anymore. That's Asian right. Asian Americans yeah. are to be looked at as white. Yeah, that's true. I mean, in 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 the left culture, that's yeah, Asians are basically no different than white. They're doing the same thing to to Latinos right now as well. Okay. Well, see, that's hard to keep track then. I don't know what the NFL is saying. Hmm. Anyway, um, now the person is to have a minimum of three years of collegiate or professional coaching experience, and they'll get a one-year contract with salary and benefits, blah, blah, blah. Now, this assistant will have regular and direct contact with the head coach, offensive coordinator, offensive line, quarterback, and tight end coaches, and she'll have duties that include contributing to the offensive game planning where appropriate. Evaluating and identifying potential off-season additions and identifying drill work necessary for development and coaching of players. Here's how you run your team. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. And any club whose offensive assistants satisfy the key elements of the responsibilities shall be eligible to receive reimbursement from a league-wide fund equal to 50% of the offensive assistants' base salary up to a maximum of $200,000. So they'll pay you to have this person. <laughs> They're going to hire them on their own merit. Yeah, we'll help fund it, okay? <laughs> so the team, the team is getting paid to, to hire Be minorities. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Because it, part of this is because, you know, the subject of minorities being considered for head coaching vacancies has been one of the big talking points and outrage from Woke Center and other left sports media, right? And I can't help but think this for a lot of people in America. They think, just hire the best person for the job. And if, well, that person happens to be black or a female, that's great. But forcing it, is that really the right way to go? And I think, let's go back to the last presidential election. Because the Democratic Party had the most diverse field in the history of politics in the United States, correct? Yeah. But the people got to decide. Mm-hmm. And if there's anyone that's about diversity and inclusion, it would be Democratic voters, correct? Well, well, that's what we're led to believe. That's what, Right? Yeah. That's the popular narrative. A lot of whiteies out there at the end, huh? Like the last six? Oh, when the primary itself, like the voting actually got started and all that, the final six were all white people. Well, Elizabeth Warren was in there. And she's a, she's white. She's a fake person of color, so that yes. counts, right? Would that count for the NFL? She identifies. I don't know, man. I mean, I, I'm thinking about you know how how confusing all of this gets in the name of wokeness and whatnot. I mean, if Leah Thomas suddenly started identifying as an African American as well, uh, Leah Thomas would be the head coach of the Miami Dolphins today. Wow, never thought of that. You know what else? If you're thinking, oh, dude, um, well, I'm a white guy. I really want this job, part of the, you know, offensive coordinator staff. Um, and I think that I would get hired if I was diverse enough. I identify as female. And then you would get your quota, right? Yes. That would work. I think so. This is so silly, man. Howie. By the way, speaking of the NFL, did you see the story on Peyton Manning? Kind of funny, actually. Peyton Manning. Gave Tom Brady a gift when Tom Brady retired. He wrote him this like two page letter and sent him a bottle of wine. 
Which is really a nice gesture. That is a nice gesture. Uh, well, since Tom Brady is not really retired now, it was funny. They said, I want it back. He got to read all these nice things, you know, <laughs> that I said. And the bottle of wine, honestly, I, I kind of want it back. You know? Leave Tom Brady alone. I don't know, man. Maybe maybe that was the real scam all along. Tom Brady has a fake announcement that he's retiring just so he can get some gifts. <laughs> Read all these nice things yeah. about him? Like he doesn't get that enough? Um, another story out there just on a lighter note that I thought was hilarious. Um, if you were going to schedule school pictures on St. Patrick's Day and then realize, okay, the photographer is going to use a green screen. <laughs> it's going to be a problem. That That's a bit of a problem, yeah. You're going to have a, what, a yearbook that's filled with nothing but floating heads. Yes. So the parents, and this was in Indiana, elementary school, just got their proofs. And so a lot of those kids wearing green, you know, the students look partially invisible. <laughs> just hilarious. And I know that's visual, but if you can just picture in your head a picture of your kid or a kid that you know wearing like a green shirt and it's like there's nothing there. It's kind of what it looks like. I think so that they're sharing the proofs around. Yeah, it's kind of fun. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't complain about it. I would just say, hey, that's kind of that's that's a good memory. That's a picture you're going to actually look at years to come. That's so true. Yes. How many pictures do you actually look at from yourself when you were in grade school? None. Were there any pictures? Is this going to be something well, about growing up? Well, or? so what? What we would do is we would get the samples, you know, that had the watermark on it and just keep those and then make copies of them on the church Xerox machine and then send those out to family members and whatnot. So it had like some sort of script over your chest. So, yeah, it's like uh, Tom Johnson's photography or something like that. (laughs) But, you know, with the with the black and white contrast of the Xerox machine. You could barely make that out. It actually just looked like I I had an extra curl on my hair. (laughs) It always turns sad with David's childhood. Uh, By the way, this is a story that you'll want to know because gas prices are so high. E-scooters, coming back, baby. That much more coming up right here. Today, he'll be back tomorrow, and he's fine, by the way. Okay, I'm going to play a clip of someone. Uh, short clip, like six seconds. Guess who it was that said this? I don't give two craps what people feel about this bald head of mine, because guess what? I love it. Is that Jada? If your guess was Jada Pinkett Smith six days before the Oscars, you're a winner. Well, I guess now we know for a fact that Will Smith beats his wife. <laughs> Nobody points out that she's bald, all right? Oh, wow! Or you're going to get slapped. Well, it was just someone making fun was too much to bear for Will. That was part yeah. of the apology to Chris Rock. Right. Yeah. Of Got course. it. 
You know, I think it was Dane Cook who made this point years ago, and it applies in this situation. But the take at the time was Oprah is always, Oprah Winfrey, she's always in a win-win situation. You know, if she's fat, she's just living out loud. If she loses weight, you go, girl. You know, she's a shining example of taking control over your own health. That's awesome. Good for you. In this case, Jade is a very strong woman for being bald, but is also very fragile because she's bald and must be defended. Yes. Now, do you think this is a case where she can't lose? No. Uh, well, yes, I do, actually. She can't lose. Man, isn't there a lot of people, though, that are thinking, you know, the way you reacted set that whole thing off. Yeah, but... Because Will Smith's laughing at that joke until he looks at her and is like, uh-oh. Yeah, but, but see, here's the thing. That's when suddenly she's got the strong woman cap back on. You see? If you criticize her, you're just criticizing a strong woman who also happens to be very vulnerable and fragile. And you're probably racist and sexist. Uh, Yeah, man, you're always trying to figure out common sense against the modern-day rules. And that's where you get very confused. Right, well. (laughs) But the thing about how irritated she was by the joke, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, she rolled her eyes. She looks, I mean, pissed. I don't give two craps what people feel about this bald head of mine. Really? Because it seems like you do. Seems like you give like eight or nine craps, to be honest. You're very offended. Oh, I mentioned e-scooters. I don't want to forget to get to this story. Because, man, if there's one thing Van Camp hates, it's some e-scooters. Well, they're evil. What was your take? Why are they evil? Because no, they because, get because, in the way? Because idiots and fat tourists get on them in downtown situations and wind up running you over. They don't know how to drive these things. And God help you if you're trying to drive an actual car in a downtown setting where these e-scooters are all over the place, like the plague. Did you say fat people, fat tourists? Yeah. Is that part of the whole, I don't know, stereotype? I did. I was not aware of that. A little bit. See, see, I'm a fat resident of my town, okay? (laughs) And I get very annoyed at fat tourists. I live here. I pay taxes here. I need the sidewalk space. You're taking it up. Got it. So this is like some words, if you're a specific race, you can say no one else can say. Yeah. If you're, well, I don't think you really even qualify as fat. Well, I'm a, honest. I am a strong and proud fat man, unless you make fun of me, in which case I'm going to have Will Smith punch you in the face. <laughs> so you wouldn't just say husky. That's you're what going it, a step, okay. That's what it says on my waistband, husky. Got it. Well, the e-scooters, as you could guess, have skyrocketed the sales. Why? Because gas prices are so high. The makers of Bird Scooters, they sales are up 60% compared to the same time last year. Wow. Yes. 70% for fluidfreeride.com. They sell e-scooters. The cheapest ones are about 300 bucks. Some of them are, you know, like two, $3,000, whatever. I'm, I don't really know the market that much mm-hmm. um, well you're not an evil person so I well and then there are all it. these questions about how old is too old for an e-scooter take a trip downtown and you'll you'll see doesn't really Got matter it. all right and then the other question is you know for guys that are not ashamed of their masculinity that question comes into play would you mind being seen on one Hey, if you I, think that's I not would. a real conversation, you're I crazy. Would. Because it, 
not not because of any masculinity thing, but it's because I think those things are implements of the devil, and uh, I don't want to feed that beast. Okay. If it gets, like, a, an e-scooter gets to be the size close to a motorcycle, like mm-hmm. for the eye test for your average jamoke, they can't tell the difference. Yeah. Then would you be okay with it? No, because if I'm going to ride a motorcycle, I want to make sure that everyone within five miles of me knows I'm riding that motorcycle. Who buys a quiet motorcycle? I'm just trying to ask the question of the e-scooter more than anything else. I'm not saying, hey, when you go to buy a motorcycle, buy a quiet one. That wasn't the point. It's that does an e-scooter ever get to the point where you would be comfortable riding it? That's it. Okay. Who else is going to go in-depth today in a real conversation Mm -hmm. on e-scooters? Because if we need a national conversation, it's about freaking e-scooters. That's what I say. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Thank you so much for being here. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. Scott Robbins, a well-deserved day off. He will be back tomorrow. Okay. Remember, this is what I thought I heard the president say the other day. For God's sake, this man cannot remain in power. He's talking about Putin. Nobody thought I was calling for regime change. Yeah, this is very interesting. And, in fact, he's surprised that anyone would take him seriously on a point like that. A PBS reporter asked him about it during that little press conference yesterday. You have more foreign policy experience than any president who has ever held this office. And also more failures. Whether those are your personal feelings or your feelings as president, you understand why people would believe you as someone commanding one of the largest nuclear arsenals in the world, saying someone cannot remain in power is a statement of U.S. policy. And also, are you concerned about propaganda use of those remarks by the Russians? Whoa! That's from PBS? Yeah, it's also just fact-checked, not true that he has more foreign policy experience than any other president. But, you know, they got to kiss the ring a little bit. Wow. Is that the person that replaced Yamish? I believe so, yes. That sounds like a real reporter, actually. (laughs) Crazy. No and no. What? Tell me why. You have so much experience. You are the leader of this country. Because it's ridiculous. Nobody believes we're going to take down. I I was talking about taking down Putin. Nobody believes that. Uh, Half the world did, dude. Yeah. Number one. Number two, what have I been talking about since this all began? The only war that's worse than one intended is one that's unintended. The last thing I want to do is engage in a land war or a nuclear war with Russia. That's not part of it. I was expressing my outrage at the behavior of this man. It's outrageous. It's outrageous. And... It's more an aspiration than anything. He shouldn't be in power. There's no, I mean, people like this shouldn't be ruling countries, but they do. Whoa, whoa. The fact they do, but doesn't mean I can't express my outrage about it. Whoa, aspiration. Right. What does that mean? (laughs) It's like, nobody thought I was talking about regime change. It's just an aspiration of mine that Putin is removed from power. It's okay. 
It's I know. Un- we, I understand. I often say you got to laugh. You got to keep your sense of humor. And at the same time, holy crap, man, that's not funny. That's terrifying to people. Come on, man. <laughs> yes, come on, man. So it's okay, Jamie. Don't read too much into it. Remember, he has a stutter. No, he doesn't. No, he, well, I feel like Robbins. He he may have a stutter, but that ain't a stutter, man. That's no. not that's that's senility and just a lifetime of being a lying jack wagon. Yes. My goodness, man, the way he answers that can't you understand when you say something like for god's sake can't remain in power that means you're going to do something about it you got to get him out of there i think he just actually said it because that's the goal he just happened to say it nobody believes we're going to take down i was going to i was talking about taking down putin (laughs) it's insane man and you know it this is controversy although there are a lot of outlets that certainly didn't talk about this. And you can imagine if it was Trump, that would be top story today. Dude was using a cheat sheet while answering the questions yesterday. Yeah. Which I know he has a list of people that he calls on. But in the note card, and a lot of people didn't believe this actually happened until they saw the video and then the still pictures. But the note card stated, and it was neatly done, the question that would be coming Joe's way that said... If you weren't advocating for regime change, what did you mean? Can you clarify? And then in smaller print, you know, like then highlighted, I was expressing the moral outrage I felt towards the actions of this man. Next bullet point, I was not articulating a change in policy. And different people pointed out, it would be one thing if you could get confused If you're talking about some obscure corners of governance, I think someone at National Review had mentioned that. Mm -hmm. But this is a simple question about the centerpiece of current U.S. foreign policy. But as we all know, if we're to be honest, this is why his handlers don't want him out in front of people off script. They're like, oh, my gosh, we're going to script everything. We kind of know what questions are going to be asked. Let's just script out his answers for him. Guys looking down. But, I mean, it's... It is embarrassing. There's no doubt about it. All right, let's move on to the Florida hateful now law for parental rights. Yeah, the anti-grooming bill in Florida is officially law, so teachers in grades K through 3 cannot teach kids about sexuality. Uh, sexuality can't talk to kids about their genitals. Teach them how to read. Teach them how to tell time. Teach them some math. That's it. And when you poll people on this, parents agree. Yeah. Well, the disinformation machine, though, is going full throttle right now. I don't know if you saw this, the coverage on the Today Show. Only saw the open of the Today Show. Didn't see the actual story that they did on this. Yeah, you got Craig Melvin out there doing the story or introducing the story. All right. Florida now, where the state's so-called don't say gay bill is officially law. The controversial legislation is set to restrict what children are taught in school about sexuality and gender identity. And this morning, people on both sides of the issue are speaking out. Okay. So that first line. Yeah. Okay. So-called don't say gay. It doesn't say that at all in the bill. We all know that. And then what was the next line? The controversial legislation is set to restrict what children are taught in school about sexuality. What children in school? Again, K through third grade. Yeah, yeah, yeah and again, 
it's not it's only controversial because activists and the media yes. made it controversial. Again, the polling, if you use the language in the bill, the polling would suggest it's not controversial at all. No, it's common sense. A majority of people, Democrats and Republicans, say, yeah, that actually does seem to make sense. It's only when you start attaching names to it that right. people decide, oh, that's controversial. Right, that's not on my side. I can't agree with that at all. So because then they, people then honestly believe it. it means, oh, well, you can't say the word gay in the school. Yeah. No, it isn't. So I, I like hearing Craig Melvin say, well, both sides are speaking out today. They have one eight-second clip of Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, saying schools should educate children, not indoctrinate. Yep. And then comes the emotional appeal. This is the bulk of the, the, bulk of the story. Okay. It's not the legalese devastating some same-sex parents. It's the concept behind it. Well, I thought, here's something else that they're trying to do to keep us down, to set us apart, to make us unequal. Jeff and Todd. Something else. Like, what else is there? What do you mean? Like, there's this long list. Yeah. I call BS there. Jeff and Todd Delmay say they've been embraced by their school community ever since their 12-year-old son first started kindergarten. This bill won't stay in effect forever, but it will be in effect long enough to communicate to our youth and to the country that Florida isn't the place for you if you are different. What are you talking about? Yeah. How? It's a lie. All of this is a lie. They never explain how. No. They also never do something. They never talk about parents who have lost their kids to the insanity of the activist class, ever. Oh, gosh, no. They never tell that side of the story. They never tell about kids that want to detransition either. No. And I I just want to bring back some stuff from our archives real quick, if you'll indulge me here. Absolutely. We played this a few weeks ago, the story of Abigail Martinez, her daughter, Yaley. Okay, no, we can't do this. Why? Oh, my gosh, dude. Okay, we can because it's a good point. It's devastating, man. It's heartbreaking. It is. Yaley was depressed as a a kid, as a young kid. Uh, tried to commit suicide at one point, and then a teacher told her, well, you're probably trans. So she transitions. The school in this process cut the mom out of the situation entirely, and then years later, tragically, Yaley wound up taking her own life. Um, And here's part of what the mom had to say about all of this as she was going through it. Uh, The school psychology told DCFS that my daughter will be better off out of the house. Mm. And they did. They did. She, uh, they took away my daughter when she was 16 years old. I have one hour per week to visit with my daughter, with someone right there. Oh, but if you do, you know, that hour is going to go to zero. You're not going to be able to see because that's going to make her feel uncomfortable. It's going to make him uncomfortable. You really get filled with rage. Yeah. When you hear that. Or is, know the outcome. Or is the Today Show going to do an interview with this mom who showed up at a school board meeting a few months ago? You took away my ability to parent my child. Even before I had any knowledge. I didn't even get to show support. You asked for support, I didn't get a chance. Your job was to educate my child in math, science, English, etc. 
Do your job and let me do mine. You changed her personal documentation, her gender, her name, her email. I authorized an AKA added to her attendance because I wanted to be supportive. They downgraded me in front of my child and allowed me to question myself as a mother. You sat there and told me how my child was going to be. And then you wrapped your hands around her while I sat across the table and cried. Because you thought you could be there better than I, and I never got a chance. Yes. And that's why states are doing what they're doing, to protect parents' rights. I want, I want one of these news anchors or reporters or commentators who are saying the Florida bill is hateful to say that to these mothers who have had the state come between them and their children over this crazy gender ideology. Then try to convince them that not teaching kindergartners about transgenderism is somehow hateful. I dare you to try to convince them of that. Well, if they were really serious about their job, they'd get both sides of the story, wouldn't they? they That's would. what they do. But I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. You know what we'll get to later on, too? A fourth grade teacher that says 20 of her 32 students, fourth grade, have come out to her as LGBTQIA+. Plus I saw that. Because she's all about it. Sure, yeah. And you want to say it's not an epidemic. Yeah. And indoctrination. Almost said, my bleeping bleep. <laughs> you can't say that on the radio. <laughs> no, you can't. You can't. Golly. You know, to lighten it up a little bit, did you hear Trump got a hole in one? I did. I did hear that. I saw, I saw the press release that he sent out. Of course he sent out a press release. <laughs> well, the audio, it was the guy with the camera saying he just got a hole in one. He was playing with Ernie Els and a couple other guys. But you can hear him say, yeah, this is great. The president made a hole in one. 180-yard yeah, Here he comes. It's there. It's there. That's great. There it is. That's great. Thank you. Thank you. 180-yard 5-iron. That's impressive. He's 75 years old. I'm just saying. It's impressive. Needs something to lighten it up a little bit. Okay, guess who has a 71-person police unit to protect them, but blames Trump for being in danger? That answer and much more coming up right here. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins out today. He'll be back tomorrow. He's fine, by the way. Okay, so the question was, who has a 71-person police unit to help protect them but blames Donald Trump for them being in danger? If you said Lori Lightfoot, mayor of Chicago, you're the winner. Okay, yeah, right. Oh, yeah, she had a special unit created in 2020 at the height of the mostly peaceful riots that were going on. Yes, that's correct. And then proposed cutting uh, $80 million from the Chicago Police Department budget in 2020. Yeah. yeah. But as a personal police unit consisting of, a, well, 71 officers to protect mm-hmm. her. And then blamed some of that need on Trump. Told the Chicago Sun-Times, when the president of the United States uses the world's largest megaphone and platform to target you personally, 
terrible things happen. And he not only blew a dog whistle, he pointed really evil and dangerous people right at my doorstep. Who? Yeah, I want. where's the receipts? What are you talking about? I have no idea. I know they didn't want to bring in the feds for help. And I certainly remember the alderman there that was saying, hey, we got a huge issue here. We got to do something. Yeah, this was before it all really blew up in Chicago. I mean, it's yeah, not Alderman like, Lopez yeah. there and said, I got guys with AKs in my neighborhood. And you're doing whatever you're doing. You have no idea. And I, then I think she said, you're full of bleep. Yeah, she cussed him out. That whole thing. I think there's still audio of that. I think you're 100% full of what I think. If you think well, f- we No offense, well, f- you then. <laughs> Who are you to tell me I'm full of no offense, bleep you then. Oh, this is outstanding. I forgot about this. If you think we were not ready and we stood by and let the neighborhood go up, there's nothing intelligent that I can say to you. She did. Yeah. She absolutely did. Well, maybe you should come out and see stupidest, what's going on. This is the stupidest thing I have ever heard. I understand you want to preen. I understand that you think that you... Mayor, you need to check your attitude. That's what you need to do. Oh, my gosh. And then, yeah, he went out on national TV and said, yeah, I don't understand. I don't know why we don't bring in help. The citizens here are yeah. suffering because of this. They've suffered under her since she went into office. Yeah, it's it's somehow figured out a way to got, get worse. Man, oh, man. You know what? If you want some sort of nice story, this is one that I saw. A British soldier just set a world record. Now, warning here, this might make you feel like you haven't accomplished a lot in your life. Okay. At least, okay, maybe I'm just saying that about myself. Dude raised a bunch of money for charity by completing the longest solo journey across the Atlantic in a rowboat. No one was allowed to be there and assist in any way. He started in Portugal on December 21st, went 4,500 miles Landed in Florida after 111 days. Wow. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. And there, there's audio of him talking about it along with some other people. I said, well, what's not been done? I said, no one's gone from mainland Europe to mainland North America. And I was like, oh, right on. Right, let's get amongst it. Boys achieved. You're only going to see it once in a lifetime, so why not witness it at first hand? Mentally and physically, I would say he's a cut above. But then I think about my granddad and I'd be like, if he can battle a brain tumor, I can get back out there and do another 14 hours. <laughs> I'm not a man. I realize that. <laughs> I hear those stories and I realize that. Well, at least the goals we have, we feel like, okay, we could get there. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin show. Oh, and real quick, uh, they say again now the debate is over. This is like every other week. So one drink a day, glass of wine, one beer, one serving of alcohol a day, is that okay? Is that healthy? Good heart health, right? Mm -hmm. Look at the people in France for crying out loud. A huge study just found any amount of alcohol is bad for you. This is another one. This is from Harvard and MIT. Bring any amount of alcohol bad, uh, specifically your heart and cardiovascular system. And that includes the occasional glass of wine. Why do I bring that up? Well, I haven't drank since 2007. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't affect me none. <laughs> okay.
Former Defense Secretary says, hey, it's okay, Joe Biden's Irish. What does that mean? <laughs> Next. Robin Show. I'm Jamie Martin, Jen Exer, David Van Camp, the Millennial. Now, the sexy boomer, Scott Robbins. The rumor's wrong. He didn't need a nap. He needed an all afternoon rest. Okay, he'll be back tomorrow. No, he's fine. He had to take care of some stuff today. Okay, Joe's Irish. That explains everything according to who? Uh, well, according to former Obama Defense Secretary Leon Panetta. Okay. So, you know, President Biden keeps saying things off script that send the kids in the White House scrambling, like, for instance, saying that Putin should be removed from power. Uh, And Leon Panetta gave this world-class excuse for Joe Biden on CNN. I I happen to think that Joe Biden, uh, you know, is Irish, uh, really has a great deal of compassion when he sees that people are suffering. Uh, and I, I think uh, it overwhelmed him in the sense of seeing all of the horrors that were resulting from this war. He's okay. Just, he's just Irish and emotional, okay? Okay. Is someone going to pull out the racist card? Because we've heard so many things are racist. I'm waiting for this one. No? No one playing the card? <laughs> now he's Irish! <laughs> what are you oh, going to do? What else can I tell you? It- it is wild, uh, as somebody made the point, now I can't remember her name, she's a writer and she is Italian and uh, Irish, uh, or that's her heritage, that's her background, uh, and she she wrote, you know, Andrew Cuomo's excuse for all of his problems was that he was Italian. Joe Biden is incompetent because he's Irish, apparently. If I'm Irish-Italian, does that mean I just get a permanent jail out of free card? <laughs> It's an interesting question. So you misspeak constantly. Yeah. And you make people worried that, oh, my gosh, our troops are actually going to be going into Ukraine. Or we're going to respond with chemical weapons. Or we're talking regime change. Hey, man, remember, dude's Irish. Dude's Irish. You can't believe anything he says. It's okay. Come on, man. Yeah, come on. (laughs) Give him a break. What's the big deal? Okay. All right, wanted to get to this teacher, and if this doesn't put an exclamation mark on the problem that we're having across the country, I don't know what does. This is crazy. Yeah, the social media account Libs of TikTok got an internal message from a, well, obtained an internal message from a school in Austin ISD in Texas. Mm -hmm. Uh, Fourth grade teacher in Austin ISD, and she's mad that the gay pride parade at school was coupled with something called a wellness walk. I guess it's kids go out in the hallway and they walk around a little bit, um, and they just sort of slapped on a gay pride parade. Again, why are why are fourth graders doing gay pride? I that seems a little weird to me. It seems like you should absolutely, be, you know, teaching. <laughs> that's not anything against gay people. It's just sort of like that's weird to have a gay pride parade in an elementary school. Yep. Uh, anyway. 
She writes, uh, I feel that it is inappropriate to call our parade this morning a wellness walk at all. While I understand that wellness walk is something that was previously in motion to promote health and fitness and is something we want to continue, it really takes away from the experience of celebrating pride to couple the two. The first pride was a riot. It is not enough to just welcome, love, and celebrate queer folks, spelled with an X. Your allies. They're fourth graders. Your allies. Can you just leave sex out of it? No. You freak? Your allyship should always lead you to activism, speaking up and fighting for what's right, even when it feels uncomfortable. We can't can't choose in and out of our protest spaces. You're in an elementary school, lady. Calm down. You're getting paid to do that, okay? (laughs) This is your religion. It is. Leave your religion out of your school. Uh, And then the remarkable statistic. Out of 32 students that I teach, she writes, 20 of them are LGBTQIA+, and have come out to me. I feel that we need to do better for them. To affirm our students, I think it would be appropriate and right to publicly announce what we had this morning was a pride parade. Our students are aware and paying attention. Two-thirds of your class, really, fourth graders, coming out to you. Okay, you put that idea in their heads. Yes, that's indoctrination. It's like you just told everyone that is paying attention that really you're breaking the law. You're a groomer. That's what it is. Think about all the studies done on this and the numbers. That's insane. That person should be fired today. They're in fourth grade, man. Yes. (laughs) And again, who ever said, you know what, we need our elementary school to do a gay pride week? No, that is not the purpose of school. We need sanity in elected officials, in school board members. I mean, honestly, I understand it's Austin, David. Mm -hmm. But this is one of the reasons people move to Texas for sanity. Yeah, well, Austin is the Seattle of Texas. I know. Seriously, that should be a national story that this teacher is saying out of 32 students, 20 have come out as LGBTQIA+. That beats any stat from any area in the history of the world. It's not. That's Yeah, that's just statistically impossible. That's a five-alarm fire, man. That That's you telling kids that, hey, it's fashionable to be gay or trans or whatever. Yes. And the problem is, is that it's not just playing dress up at that point, right? Because you do actually have adults who are insane who yes. will say, oh, my daughter is trans. I guess that means that when she starts to develop breasts, we need to go have them surgically removed. Mm-hmm. There are people who will take that very seriously, and that has long-term consequences. It's a social contagion. I mean, dude. Fourth grade, that's like nine, ten years old. Yeah. What are we talking about? That's child abuse, man. We're, I mean, we're, we're talking about really mentally unbalanced people. Yes. That's what it is. Get them out of there. All right. Okay, we've learned something new today. Um, I heard a lot of hot takes on Will Smith slapping Chris Rock. I had not heard that it was rooted 
in hatred of black women's hair? Yeah, NBC News published an opinion piece about the Will Smith slap and the Chris Rock joke that led up to it. Apparently, it's a systemic issue because black women are made to feel ashamed of their natural hair. You know, it can't just be as simple as a dude totally lost his cool in a moment and did something really stupid. It's always got to be this big systemic thing, right? Uh, This incident, as the author writes, this incident points to a concerning and larger issue that black women continue to face around their natural hair not being good enough and being made to feel ashamed of wearing it proudly. Now, the writer is bald, but is bald by choice. So it's kind of weird for her to be drawing like a parallel between her choice and apparently a medical condition with Jada Pinkett Smith. But while watching yeah, the Oscars, she writes, I had the same reaction as Pinkett Smith. As a black woman who willingly shaved my head 11 years ago, I can absolutely relate. I don't have alopecia, but I've dealt with the same humiliation that Pinkett Smith and a lot of other black women experience by wearing our hair in its natural state. Racism and Hold patriarchy. Natural yep. state is bald? No. So before she went bald, she's saying just natural state. Right. Instead of doing braids, getting a weave, wearing a wig, something like that. Okay. All right. Uh, She goes on to say racism and patriarchy have taught black women and ultimately made them believe that their natural beauty was ugly, undesired, and needed to be changed to fit in culturally. You mean it wasn't the fashion industry trying to make a buck? Uh, No. Okay. Uh, Pinkett Smith showing up bald every day, no longer hiding behind wigs and weaves, lets others know it's okay to step out into your authentic bald self. That We need to give that to Robbins as a pick-me-up, by the way. Just step out into your authentic bald self. Sure. Okay. This is something that should be celebrated, not made fun of. She is showing okay, that she can she's still choosing be... to shave her head, and it should be celebrated. Isn't right. that part of the problem? Right. <laughs> that not only... Do you need to accept, you know, what I do with my hair, which I'm guessing most people don't give two craps how this woman wears her hair, right? But you need to celebrate it. No, I don't. I can think it looks stupid. I have that right. I bet you look at my hair and laugh. I would if I were you. (laughs) Yeah, desperately trying to hang on to a few, what, wispy tufts that I have on the top of my head. You got it there, yeah, yeah. A couple of them. Yeah. Yeah, a little patch here and there. You know, what else am I going to do? Oh, it's oppressive if you make fun of my baldness. No, I mean, that's just part of it. But no one's making fun of you. You're demanding someone celebrate it. Shut up. I thought you're strong. You sound really mentally weak. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. I've had it. I need to be celebrated. No. Everybody's done with this. Is that too harsh? No, I don't think so. Thank you. Okay. Oh, you know what, man? Did you see this update on Elon Musk? Remember he said he wanted to fight Putin? (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so Joe Rogan had said before, hey, man, Elon, I'll train you. It's Joe Rogan. He holds black belts in Taekwondo and two schools of jiu-jitsu. And he was talking with uh, this uh, Australian uh, comedian. Said he had reached out to Musk. And he's talking about, hey, if you want to fight him, you know, I'll arrange all your training. You know, it would be so bleeping epic. So I read the story, and I had heard a little bit of that before. 
what I did not know through a few other people that were sending Elon Musk, um, you know, different encouragement tweets that, man, you should fight Putin. This would be great. Musk responded with a photo of himself fighting a sumo le- uh, wrestler, which I had no idea. And is this dude, I mean, I don't know how much he's outweighed in the sumo ring, but you can tell by the picture a lot. And Musk said, managed to throw him, but it cost me smashing my C5, C6 disc and eight years of mega back pain. Finally fixed with C5, C6 disc fusion. And Rogan went on to say, yeah, he had some match with a world champion sumo wrestler back in the day, and he bleeped up his neck, like throwing this guy outside of the ring. But he actually defeated some world champion sumo wrestler. Said, if anybody else who's a billionaire told me that, I would be like, bleep you, shut up. (laughs) But he's not a liar. He's so bleeping smart, he might just be able to figure out how to do it. So all these people are excited. It's never going to happen, by the way. Hmm. But, man, how much would you pay to see it? I I would throw down for the pay-per-view. Absolutely, I would. I'm thinking usually I top that at 100 bucks. I think I might go up to 200 for Rogan, or not Rogan, but Elon Musk versus Putin. Yeah. Oh, I'd pay 500 to see Rogan versus Putin. <laughs> yeah, you would. <laughs> for God's sake, this man cannot stay in power. Send in Rogan. <laughs> yes. Yeah, big, big party at the house for that one. Okay, it's a confusing thing to a lot of people. There are 11.2 million job openings, but a lot of people not interested. Get to that much more coming up. Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins off today. He'll be back tomorrow. So 11.2 million job openings are still out there. And economists are expecting, well, that to change as COVID-19 benefits run out. Yeah. Where are these happening? Uh, well, there are a couple of different dynamics, and no surprise, it it, it depends on where you live. Right. I mean, if you're in a place like Texas, if you're in Florida, if you're in places that tried to get open earlier, uh, Texas was a little late to the party, in my opinion, relative to Florida, but, you know, got there ahead of a lot of other states. Um, What you're seeing is a massive influx of people. And that means that the talent pool is very, very deep right now. And businesses are just trying to keep up with the expanding customer base as well. So they may be expanding their business operations. There's more spots open, essentially, right now. And then you go to blue states. Then you go to places like California, where you're seeing a historic migration out of the states. So there's just not a lot of people left to go take those jobs. And also, even though the federal unemployment benefits ended at the end, I think it was the end of last year, um there is still the trickle-down effect of massive payments that were given to states individually to manage by the federal government, both under Donald Trump and President Biden. So there are still states that are offering expanded benefits, essentially incentivizing people to not work. Okay. 
So it's another facet of COVID that it will take years to really figure out the impact. Yeah. And we already know some businesses are just gone, just done. Yeah. Which, you know, is really sad. There have been other stories, if you're trying to look at a bright side, and there was one mentioned in the story, um, at least the story I read, this guy worked as a, at a restaurant as a pest control person and then got laid off because there were no restaurants open. Right. But during the downtime, decided, well, I'm going to start my own business in pest control. And you're doing great. And saying, I'm not going back into the workforce. Good. No, I'll I, work for myself. And Which, I, you love to hear stories like that. And I wonder how much of that really is to play as well. Also, the, the I mean, we had a rapid expansion of the gig economy through, you know, things like DoorDash, Uber Eats, those kinds of services. I wonder how many people really are just not seeking full-time employment anymore because they figured out I could make enough money to get by doing these other things that don't get counted as employment. Right. Oh, quick stat real quick. How many people think Will Smith should face charges for the slap on Chris Rock? Oh, gosh. Percentage-wise? 15%. 15? Yeah. A study find survey shows 66% say you should be booked on assault. Oh, gosh. Come on. (laughs) But listen, there's the other part. Uh 62% think the slap was justified. So, yeah, it's justified, but he still should be booked on assault. Gotcha. Just like I understand why he did it. That's really interesting. So... You know, I get what you're saying when I say she booked on assault. You're like, no, I don't know about that, right? Mm-hmm. And they'll always say, well, there's no difference between men and women. If he slapped a woman, should he oh, be booked yeah, on assault? jail for the rest of your life. <laughs> See? There is a difference. We look at it that way. We should. This is the Mark Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Thank you for being here. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. Scott Robbins, a well-deserved day off. He will be back tomorrow. Uh, I guess we need to go over this to make sure we understand. The president of the United States is saying, I never said the things that I said. Yes. Well, you know, he keeps saying things that are making people nervous and sending the nerds in the White House scrambling to put together talking points to basically make sense of what this senile old man is saying. I mean, he's been calling for, well, he called for regime change in Russia, saying, you know, we might use chemical weapons against Russia, (laughs) and telling U.S. troops they're going to be in Ukraine. They're going to see Ukraine for themselves. He said it. He did. So Peter Ducey from Fox News asked the president about those things and how quickly the White House has had to walk that back. Yes. But what can you walk back? It made it sound like just in the last couple of days, uh, it sounded like you told U.S. troops they were going to Ukraine, 
It sounded like you said it was possible the U.S. would use a chemical weapon, and it sounded like you were calling for regime change in Russia. And we know none of the three occurred. None of the three. Occurred. None of the three. Mr. President, you, you interpret the language that way. I was talking to the troops. We we're talking about helping train the troops in that are the, the Ukrainian troops that are in Poland. No, you said you're going to see it there. That's for the context. I sat there with those guys for a couple hours. That's what we talked about. So when you said you're going to see when you're there, you were not intending to I was referring this. to with meeting with and talking with the uh, Ukrainian troops who were in Poland. And when you said a chemical weapon use by Russia would trigger a response in kind. It will trigger a significant response. What does that mean? I'm not going to tell you. Why would I tell you? you got to be silly. Okay. I like the quick review that you have here of the things that he said he didn't say but did say. And you're going to see when you're there, and some of you have been there, you're going to see, you're going to see women, young people standing, standing in the middle of front of a damn tank. Yeah, in the middle of a d- damn tank. In Poland? Are the, are the women standing in the middle of a tank? Well, yes. Okay. Because he's not walking it back, remember? Chemical right. weapons were used in Ukraine. Would that trigger a military spo- response from NATO? It would, re- it would trigger a response in kind. In kind. Sound, sounds like you would turn around and use chemical weapons on the Russians. Well, no, that's the way you interpret it, David. Right, right. In kind means I'm kind. That's... I'm gentle. <laughs> I would not use chemical weapons. I'm kind. That's what I meant. How dare you? Put words in my mouth like that. For God's sake, this man cannot remain power. I'm not talking regime change there, okay? I I was, uh, I'm Irish, okay? And I was, uh, I mean, now, speak, you know the thing. Speaking from the heart, man. Yeah. By the way, before I get labeled racist, I'm not the one with the Irish take. That was Panetta. Yeah, former Defense Secretary Leon Panetta said on CNN that, well, my, my take on Joe Biden is that he's Irish and he speaks from the heart. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what are we going to do? This can't go on, but we all know if it doesn't go on, who's waiting in the wings? <laughs> and that's Kamala. We're hosed no matter what we do. Yeah. I, I feel bad, though. I hear the Leon Panetta take about how he's Irish, and then I hear uh, Andrew Cuomo, the former governor of New York, saying, yeah, I like to kiss people on the face because I'm Italian. It's like, I, I don't have any ethnicity personally that would warrant me doing things that are absolutely insane. It's like, I'm Belgian, and I like butter. That's about <laughs> it. It sucks, man. Sorry, man. Everybody wants to be a victim somehow. I, know. I don't know how I can pick that out for you. Um, I've heard this take before. It could be argued that as a white male, you're a victim. Okay. You know why? Why is that? Well, if you follow some of the critical race theory teachings, mm-hmm. okay, you're a born oppressor. It's true. Yeah. There's nothing you can do about it. Mm-hmm. You're born that way. You're born with it. 
that in and of itself makes you a victim because there's nothing you can do about it. I'm, I'm victimized by my genetic need to oppress. Yes. All right, cool. All right, cool, yeah. I'm, I'm down with this now. I suppose then they turn around and say, you just need to do the work, yeah. and we'll determine what the work is. But, but I would also remind you, I am still Belgian, so can I have some butter, please? Yes. Okay, thank I would you. not deny you of yeah. butter. Thank you. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, that's a problem there. Meanwhile, if COVID kept you from traveling, and it did a lot of people, that's why there's so many people spring break traveling right now. And airlines are just trying to keep up. A lot of people decided to go back on a cruise ship. It's been a while. Some people still nervous about COVID. They want to make sure, hey, is everybody vaccinated that's going to be on this boat? I mean, I wouldn't be one of those people, but there are people like that, right? Yeah. Are you saying there's a little snafu on this ship? Yeah. Uh, Ruby Princess returned to San Francisco on Sunday from a 15-day Panama Canal cruise uh, 100% vaccinated, they had a COVID outbreak. People had to be isolated. What? Yeah. Impossible. Weird how that works, huh? Huh. It's almost like vaccine mandates don't make any sense at all in the real world. Hmm. Hmm. So you get the vaccine so you won't get COVID and won't spread it, except everyone was vaccinated on the ship and they had a COVID outbreak. Yes. Well, did they have their seventh booster? <laughs> well, the FDA did just give the green light for uh, the fourth shot. Okay. For people over the age of 50. That was news today. But not seven yet. They're not seven yet, no. That extra protection. Can I, can I, just, can I just get the vaccine uh, IV drip? Just take it around with me? <laughs> you know? Sure. You know, they have those little patches for people with diabetes. Yes. That, that it's like the managed insulin, so you just put the little patch on your on your arm or somewhere on your body, and it just continuously uh, keeps you in check. Yeah, it was like when I quit smoking, or you quit smoking. You had the old nicotine patch yeah. or the gum. Can we do that, but like with the COVID vaccine? Because it sure. seems like that's where we are. I don't know, man. It seems like if you need four shots within a year and you still get COVID, maybe we need to rethink the strategy here. I would say you're probably onto something there. Okay, we know this. We've been lied to for quite a while. And sometimes you're not sure how long. And you're talking FBI, CIA, legacy media, uh, big tech. On it goes. And the curtain's really been pulled back in the last five, six years, mm -hmm. right? And one of the stories that we know to be true now, some of us have known this for, shoot, a year and a half was the Hunter Biden laptop was real and what it contained was real. But out of nowhere, a couple of weeks ago, the failing New York Times admits, hey, this thing, we've checked it out. It's legit. This is real. This could be problematic mm -hmm. for President Biden and certainly Hunter Biden because there's an investigation, right? Right. So we heard from so many people, well, laptop, Russian disinformation. That was October 2020. Yes. Because they were trying to get Biden elected. We know this. But different people go back, as you do sometimes, David, into the Wayback Machine to hear the takes from a certain moment in time. Okay? This is Morning Joe. So Joe Scarborough and his take in 2020 about the Hunter Biden laptop. Jeez. And man, does this not age well. Let's enjoy together. 
is so obviously disinformation that the person that writes the story won't put their name on it because they know it's a lie. History, history will expose you all. By the way, you can't be talking about Miranda Levine from the New York Post because her name was on it. Yeah, so we couldn't have been talking about her. But anyway, history, history will expose you all as fools and useful idiots for the Russians. It's the, the, it, the, for four years now, for four years now, there has been a line from Russian agents into the campaign. It's unbelievable how how stupid you think Americans are. <laughs> Okay. This is rich, isn't it? Uh-huh. I would yeah. say delicious. Uh, more from Joe Scarborough in 2020 about the Hunter Biden laptop. How stupid you think Americans are. The idiocy. The sheer idiocy. <laughs> you are revealed right now, but you will be revealed throughout history for basically running cover for Russians and an ex-KGB agent who said the greatest tragedy, tragedy, tra tragedy of the 20th century was the collapse of the Soviet Union, a regime that, yes, killed 40 million of its own people. Okay. You know, listen, okay. We've there, all had some bad takes. There, 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 but I can't remember anything that comes close to that. So... So Vladimir Putin starts the invasion in earnest in 2014, right, with the annexation of Crimea. Correct. Takes a takes a break during the Trump years when his guy is in office, right? That's that's according to the Joe Scarboroughs and basically most of the uh, mainstream media. Yes. Takes a break. Then all this stuff happens in the election. Joe Biden becomes president. And Vladimir Putin decides, you know what, <laughs> now's a great time for me to really invade Ukraine. Yeah, who was, that's what we're to believe. Who was actually falling for Russian disinformation? Because it seems like all the people who were pumping up Joe Biden were falling for a whole lot of Russian disinformation. Yes, they were. And remember, it's, it's one of those dirty little secrets that a whole lot of the stuff of Russian collusion, remember that hoax with, with Donald Trump? Mm -hmm. A lot of that was being pushed by state actors from Russia. They yes. fell for it hook, line, and sinker because Donald Trump gave them a case of the sads. <laughs> I mean, dude. Oh, gosh. There's some other, I mean, just awful takes for Joe Scarborough that didn't, just didn't age well. I think we'll have time for at least one more before this show mm -hmm. is over. But there's other stuff that we got to get to, including a teacher is really sad right now. Talk about a case of the sads, David. Really sad. He won't get to talk about his sex life with children. Oh, it's awful, isn't it? Ah. We'll get to that and much more coming up right here. Van Camp and Robin show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins out today, back tomorrow. Um, I mentioned Joe Scarborough, some takes that didn't age well. We'll get to some coming up. 
unbelievable because he does a rant about how he thinks that Trump is senile <laughs> compared to the situation we're in right now. Dude, wow. You got to hear it. It's really something. Um, but you mentioned there's a teacher that is well, suffering from a case of the sads because he doesn't get to talk to the kids in his class about his sex life anymore. Yeah, you're talking about a kindergarten teacher who was on MSNBC today talking about the anti-grooming bill that was passed in Florida, which tells teachers, no, you can't talk to kindergartners, first graders, second graders, and third graders about their genitals and their sexual preferences, and you can't talk to them about your own genitals and sexual preferences, okay? Yes, the same people, that's a good thing. Right. Uh, but, of course, media is going all in on this disinformation campaign that this is don't say gay. And listen to this. This is a kindergarten teacher uh, saying, woe is me because I what can't talk to kids about this. Oh my God. Professionally, it, it truly makes me feel like um, I am not trusted as a professional. Okay, then go get help. Go talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's your emotion. That's not the reality of the bill. Next. Um, I know my kindergarten standards through and through, and um, nowhere in our curriculum does it have anything about um, teaching sexual orientation or sexual identity. But Okay, then you should have no problem with it. Right. Then what's the issue? Uh, we should be able to have discussions, and, and that's no, what we're shouldn't. encouraged to do in kindergarten. And then personally, because... Why should you? Why? Is there any answer? He tries to explain it, but it doesn't hold a lot of water if you consider your own. Just remember school teachers you had in elementary school. Sure. Um, you know, my, my kids do have questions. They want to know who the, uh, my partner is in pictures yeah. outside of my classroom, and I should be able to speak to that. Um, that's what we do as educators. We build relationships with our kids. And in order to build relationships, you talk about your home life. You talk about what you do on the weekends. It's not necessary. I don't remember having a, quote, relationship with my first grade teacher other than me doing the work that I'm supposed to do. Next. That's building community. I It scares me to death that I am not going to be able to have these conversations with my children. Again, see a specialist. That should help. Because they're going to ask me what I did on the weekend. I don't want to have to hide that my partner and I went paddleboarding this weekend. Because then they ask. Well, just say I went paddleboarding. Right. Say that's none of your business. It's time to focus on schoolwork. Because then they ask, well, what does partner mean, Mr. Bernard? And, you know, I'm worried. Can I tell them what it means? I'm also worried for my kids. I have a little girl this year who has two moms, and the kids are curious about her two moms. They want to know about her two moms. You know, if they come to, if they go to her and ask her about her two moms and she doesn't know what to say, they're going to come to me and ask me. And then you can say, go ask your parents. All right, I think we got that all, uh, all taken care of. Anything else? All right, then go on your way. Right. Yes. Okay. Now moving on to Will Smith. I guess we have some uh, mental issues here because it was something that actually made him smack Chris Rock. What was it that made him do it? Yeah, someone writing for Forbes says it was internalized racism. Excuse me. Yeah, internal. <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, does this somehow fall at the hands of white supremacy in the end? Because that was a prediction I had yesterday. Well, yes, of course it oh, does. Yes! This is a much larger systemic issue, writes this author, uh, rooted in white supremacist culture <laughs> designed to police yes. the behavior of blacks amongst the who's who in Hollywood and beyond. Because why is it that blacks in Hollywood pray tell, have routinely been expected to grin and bear embarrassment and degradation without expressing any discontent or risk being viewed as angry. Did I hallucinate the Oscar so white thing? 
You did not. Okay. Did I hallucinate the host of the Oscars on Sunday degrading an entire state over an anti-grooming bill? Because they did that. They did. Yes. That's part of it. I mean, whatever it is, you just blame. It's racism somehow. (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah, we all say, wow. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin show. It's getting too easy to predict. It is, because it's it's ridiculous. It's a spin on the woke wheel. That's all they do. It's it's like, okay. Seriously, there is a room at places like Forbes and NPR where there's a dartboard on the wall, and they just throw a dart, and they say, what are we going to call racist today? And it's like, we're going to call, uh, I don't know, uh, Bic Pens racist. Uh, and energy drinks. Right. Because in some legal documents, you know, you're supposed to sign with like a blue pen to show that it's not a photocopy. That is blue supremacist culture or something. I don't know, man. Right. Blue man group somehow <laughs> profits. All right. Joe Scarborough, terrible takes straight ahead. All right, the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. He's off today, so no trifecta, but he will be back tomorrow, and he's fine. Had to take care of some stuff. Okay, David, uh, before we get to the Joe Scarborough stuff, because he's talking about Hunter Biden's laptop a couple of years ago, it was unearthed. And, man, what a bad take that was. Yeah. Uh, just to review at least the beginning part of it. It's so obviously disinformation that the person that writes the story won't put their name on it because they know it's a lie. History, history will expose you all as fools and useful idiots for the Russians. <laughs> That'd be Miranda Levine from the New York Post yeah. that wrote the book Laptop from Hell about Hunter Biden's laptop. And she's absolutely right about it. She was always right about it. There are a lot of people that owe her an apology, but she doesn't expect it. So on that, there's some polling done, David? Yeah, Rasmussen has a poll. And this is, I mean, this is exactly why everybody worked so diligently in the national media to crush this story. And social media, of course, very famously Twitter, censoring this story altogether. Because as soon as people learn at least some of the top-line details of this and then hear, no, it's true, they realize, hey, this is actually kind of a big deal. You know, it, it, it seems to be of national interest that the crackhead screw-up son of the president is running all around the world making business deals in corrupt nations like Ukraine mm-hmm. and trading on the family name. And the indication is that Joe's getting a cut of it. Absolutely. So according to the Rasmussen poll... Uh, Two-thirds of Americans think the Hunter Biden laptop story is important. The same percentage think that President Joe Biden was somehow involved in these foreign business dealings. Yes. Hunter Biden, again, man, admitted the only reason he was on the board of Burisma, the Ukrainian energy company, 
was because Joe Biden was his dad. Yeah. I, I mean, if you were to, and I know this point has been made, and we've made this point for uh, a year and a half at this point. If you took what we knew, what we know about what Hunter Biden was doing, and you apply that to Donald Trump Jr., you say, Don Jr., man, this guy was running around. He's, you know, he's knocking up strippers and not wanting to take responsibility of it, going all over the world, making business deals to fund his nasty little drug habit, trading on the president's name. That would be, that would supplant the fake Russia story as the freak out du jour. That would be constant. We would be hearing that all the time. Oh, my God. I can't believe Donald Trump Jr. is doing this. And worst of all, this is not who we are. This is not normal. This is the death of democracy, they would say. But yeah. in this case, it's like, oh, well, yeah, now Hunter's doing some paintings. And who cares that some of them are going for half a million dollars and we don't know who the buyers are? And who cares if Hunter Biden actually does know who the buyers are? Uh, and we're not privy to that information. What, you think somebody's going to be laundering money? You right, think- I mean, he, he was a prodigal son. He was lost. Right. He was a drug addict. And now he's done the work, and he went through rehab, and he wrote the book, and he did the press tour. See, it's, a, it's an uplifting story. Yeah. Whoa, hold on a second. You were profiting off your dad's name. And as far as the emails... That have been verified shows that the big guy who was Joe Biden was getting 10%. That's corruption. We should know about that. So apparently the investigation's going on. So yeah, the morning Joe take on that doesn't age well. But looking at that, I came across a couple others because you know a lot of people right now are talking about, and this is not just media people, this is voters saying. Joe is senile, the at best. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all know what's happened in the last week. I mean, there was the chemical weapons question. If chemical weapons were used in Ukraine, would that trigger a military spo- response from NATO? It would, re- it would trigger a response in kind. Uh-oh, people are freaking out. So then the White House has to walk it back, and then he's out there yesterday saying, no, I'm not walking it back, but you no, know, we're not going to do that. Okay, that's that's silly. For God's sake, this man cannot remain power. And the rest of the world saying, is he talking regime change in Russia, getting Putin out of there? Absolutely not. How, how, how could you take that as me saying regime change? Well, that's the way people take it. Again, because he goes off script and it's a disaster. Well, and as he's trying to clean up the whole part about him telling troops they're going to see action in Ukraine. The average citizen, look at how they're stepping up. Look at how they're stepping up. And you're going to see when you're there. Sometimes you've been there. You're going to see when you're there. Yeah. Oh, no, that's not what I meant. The clarification was, well, no, they're, they're training Ukrainian troops. Which also is kind of not something we said we were doing. Russia would be very interested to know that. Yes. Well, and then you're going to see you're going to see women, young people standing standing in the middle of front of damn tank. Oh, you don't take that as we're sending trips to Ukraine. So yeah, we got a problem. But if you go back a few years, Joe Scarborough was saying we have a problem with President Trump. He's senile. 
That was the Scarborough take ah, at the time. Okay. Want to have a little fun? Relive this? Oh, sure. Roll it. He's completely detached from reality. We had a New York Times and Washington Post piece saying so a couple of days ago. And the question is, Mika. Okay. <laughs> the Washington Post. And the New York Times, they said so. Really? The, so what? The Washington Post also ran a story that said we should treat the Hunter Biden laptop story like it's Russian, Russian disinformation, even if it's not. That's right. Yeah, well, he goes on. If this is not what the 25th Amendment was drafted for, <laughs> and what is it? I would like the cabinet members serving America, not the president, serving America. America. You serve America and you know it. I love that. Serving America. America. What? Mika was passionate about America at that time. <laughs> Call and response Peace. at worship time. <laughs> serving America. America. You- Mm. Hallelujah. Yes. He's seen now that Trumpster. And Scarborough went on. You have somebody inside the White House of the New York Daily News says is mentally unfit. Hold on a second. You mean the New York Daily News, the Washington Post, and the failing New York Times? Oh, it must be absolutely fact then. That people close to him say is mentally unfit. The people close to him during the campaign told me had early stages of dementia. Now, listen, you can get mad at me if you want to. You can say that's not okay to say. But But it is okay to say we, when are we supposed to say this? After the first nuclear missile goes? Is that when, is that when it's proper to bring this up in polite society? True international over depression. (laughs) No, he's talking about Trump there, see. That's what's so funny about it. Yeah, I, I don't watch a whole lot of Morning Joe, and I'll see some clips from time to time. But every time I see them getting worked up, I just think, listen, man, okay, remedial class Muppet and your jagged little pill of a wife, both of you guys need to take some Midol, draw a bath, get a bottle of wine, and just relax for a little while, okay? One other little clip to play from that same take that Trump was senile. When is this the right time to talk about a mentally unstable president in the White House and a nuclear showdown with another unstable madman in North Korea? Is it after the first nuclear missiles fly? (laughs) Wow, that's very interesting because now we have a scene, an actually demonstrably senile president. Yes. And you've got North Korea launching missiles again, talking about nukes. You've got Russia talking about nukes while they're invading Europe. Mm -hmm. And our senile president can't get his story straight. Mm. That's right. No one, not the history books will note it. (laughs) Right. (laughs) What he said. Okay. Beaker's understudy is very upset. Man, oh, man. How do you do that? All right, let's. We talked about this for a minute earlier. We didn't have much time because apparently there was a press release on this. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the former president, yeah. Trump, I got to tell you, I'm impressed because you'll hear it right here. He got a hole in one mm-hmm. at you know his golf course in Florida, and 180 yards with a five iron. President made a hole in one, 180 yard five iron. So they're getting ready to take the picture. He's playing with Ernie Els, some other guys. And this is the part where you can hear him. He, he's happy. It's there. It's there. 
That's great. There it is. That's great. Thank you. Yes, thank you. It's impressive, man. It is. But I didn't know he put out a press release on it. Yeah, he did, because there had been some rumblings about it, you know. Oh, and, and then that video was making the round. So, yeah, there was an actual press release put out by Donald Trump. And it's a, it's a work of art, honestly. <laughs> it says, quote, many people are asking, so I'll give it to you now. It is 100% true. <laughs> While playing with the legendary golfer Ernie Els, winner of four majors and approximately 72 other tournaments throughout the world, Gene Sowers, winner of the Senior U.S. Open, Ken Duke, oh, wow. and Mike, is it Goods? Eh, probably. Uh, both excellent tour players. I made a hole in one. It took place at Trump International Golf Club in West Palm Beach, Florida on the seventh hole, which I was playing 181 yards into a slight wind. <laughs> I hit a five iron, which sailed magnificently into a rather strong <laughs> wind with approximately five feet of cut. Whereupon it bounced <laughs> twice and then went clank into the hole. No, I love golf. These great tour players noticed it before I did because their eyes are slightly better. <laughs> but on that one hole only, their swings weren't. Anyway, there's a lot of chatter about it. Quite exciting, and people everywhere seem to be asking for the facts. <laughs> <laughs> Playing with that group of wonderful, talented players was a lot of fun. The match was Ernie and me with no strokes against Gene, Mike, and Ken. I won't tell you who won because I am a very modest individual, and you will say I was bragging. And I don't like people who brag. So say the 45th president of the United States. Oh, this is too good. The only thing missing is afterwards, Ernie and I said to... Our adversaries. Go home to mommy. <laughs> oh, oh, we got Nemrods at the news to get to in a news update. Straight ahead, right here. Robin Show, Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins off today. He's back tomorrow. Okay, so Russia has said we've decided to drastically reduce our military presence, especially around Kiev. Do you believe it, Dave? Yeah, I do. I don't know if they have much of a choice based on, again, you know, everything's got to be taken with a grain of salt because you don't know exactly what to believe because there is so much propaganda flying around. Uh, and understandably so. I mean, that, that's every war ever fought. There's always some sort of information and psychological warfare element to it. Um, but, you know, Kiev is so far into the country, it seems like they have run out uh, with that convoy that was stalled outside of Kiev. Right. It does seem like that, yeah, they, the Russians actually don't have much of a choice other than to withdraw from that particular area so what they're saying inside russia is well we're going to reduce their to increase mutual trust mm -hmm. to create the necessary conditions for further negotiations yeah instead of saying we didn't expect to get smashed there and stopped and whatever else run out of food whatever else it was mm -hmm. 
the Ukraine military to be as strong as it is. Who knows? So then that's giving people hope that there could be peace at some point in time. But where does this play out? I mean, we don't know. And I'm not going to hold you to the take, but your gut right now, what do you think? Oh, I it think, just keeps going on month after month after month. Yeah, I, I think at a certain point you are going to wind up seeing a smaller Ukraine, some sort of divided arrangement. Uh, they will lose territory. There isn't a doubt in my mind. Yeah, I'm thinking that too. Total takeover, I don't know if they have, if the Russians have the money or the equipment to actually do it, unless they are going to go full-on shock and awe and level the place. But then you are talking about years of occupation. So, you know, the idea of annexing some particularly pro-Russian regions of Ukraine and essentially saying, okay, well, or we're like like what uh, Putin said before the invasion was, I'm recognizing these two areas as independent nations, friendly to Russia, something like that. I just think Ukraine will wind up being smaller out of this. The other thing that's interesting with all of this going on, because people are talking about gas prices, of course, and Russian oil, and you see in this White House budget that got thrown out there, how many billions of dollars is going out there to defeat climate crisis? The climate crisis, not just in the United States, but around the world. And doesn't it always come down to the same thing? Okay, if you want to play that game, what does that mean for China and India? Right. It, it's like these people don't understand. It doesn't matter what country it's from. So we're just going to bleed dry financially? A lot of people are wondering about that. we got to get to Nimrods. Roll it out. Let's do this. When the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dan. It's Nimrods in the News on the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Nimrods in the News today, starting in England. Police raided a 54-year-old guy's house. They got a tip he might be in possession of some stolen bicycles. How'd they get the tip? Well, you could see a pile of them in his backyard in satellite images on Google Maps. That was the tip. (laughs) It's crazy. And then there was another photo that police took. It looks like hundreds of bikes. His entire backyard is full of them piled on top of each other. People in the area said he had been there for years and just it kept getting bigger. Maybe they didn't know that he was stealing them. Just thought he was facing a, charges for possession and handling of stolen goods. Just thought he was a bike hoarder. <laughs> just an enthusiast. Yes. And there was a dude in the UK got in a fight with his girlfriend about where to get pizza. She wanted Pizza Hut. He wanted a place called Pizza Choice. Whatever, it escalated. He stabbed her in the butt with a knife. He going to jail. She's okay, by the way. Hey. What is that about? And that's Nimrod's in the news. What a stupid son of a bitch. <laughs> 